Welcome back. It's the right hook with George Hook. But of course, um, invariably on Tuesdays, my next guest takes me around the world to exciting and romantic places. And uh, it's Moncombe again with Tuesday Travel. Going where? So consistently, when people stop me in the street, they say the be- the things they f- prefer most are the pieces in Ireland. So this week we are going to look again at Ireland, and we cannot abandon the rest of the world. You know, there is a world out there, but it clearly, like what I get most excited about is a place like Ireland, and it seems you know, uh, listeners want that too. Well, I tell you why they want Go it on. because any old can do the lakes of Killarney. You know, how do you buy Killarney? Or- whatever Bing Crosby said. Um, but the thing is, you make Westmead interesting, which is like a whole new ball of wax. Yeah, well, and I think about a year ago or about a year and a quarter, I covered actually bits of Westmead, Westmead and Offaly on the programme. But then about two weeks ago, I decided that I just got bored, so, you, you know, of, of uh, writing. I was, was sitting at my desk and decided to go off on an adventure. And there was a new, there's a new cycleway opened. You know, there's, eventually there'll be a cycle from Dublin to Galway. They're creating, you know, this whole route. You'll be able to cycle off-road from Dublin to Galway or mostly off-road and already Westmead were the first county to get to get a sort of um, ahead of the game and so they've now opened up a cycleway from Mullingar to Athlone which is the key section of the of this of this cross Ireland cycleway um, and I'd heard a lot about it and I'd never experienced it Now this is when you say off-road mm-hmm. what do you mean? Well it's an old railway track it's the ah, old yeah. ah. so like it had been abandoned there was no chance of it coming back again and they decided uh, could they make a cycleway out of it so what's happening now and again, we haven't, no one has even come to realise this, but Mullingar has now found itself the hub, the potential hub of a, of a tourist haven that is going to be hard to beat. Now, Mullingar is still the sleepy old sort of rural market, beef-focused town, but they have tourism potentials now, and tourism infrastructure, that once people get to hear about it is incredible. All right, now, I just have to tell you, because you've kind of dismissed Mullingar yes. as a sleepy, te- beef-ridden town, or whatever you <laughs> yeah, call yeah. it. Um, I bought a Ford Cortina for £700 from Motors Mullingar, mm-hmm. and I asked my wife to marry me in the Greville Arms Hotel in Mullingar. Ah, isn't that lovely? Ah, now, where Joyce used to go when he was on his holidays, the Gravel oh, Arms. Really? Yeah, yeah. They still have, like, memorabilia from Joyce. Remember, Joyce's father was on was working doing electrical electoral work and we used to bring him down every summer. Like, the amount of references in Ulysses to Mullingar um, that Joyce made is... is because is Bloomsday's fun. coming up. Uh, that's right, it is. Yeah, we were. We're in June, exactly. Another t- 10 days or so. Um... Less, actually. Less. What day is today? Tuesday. So, yeah, no, but I wonder, yeah, anyway. Two days. Good. Um, I'm so. reading from Ulysses uh, in Caveston's uh, of... Glastow. Uh, Glastow on uh, Thursday morning. Do you know what bit you're going to read? I haven't decided. I want a, a sexy food focused. Oh, yeah, yeah, but not too, not the dirty bit where, uh, anyway, <laughs> where they're, on, you know, spitting pips from the top of Nelson's column and they are trying to replicate it as a metaphor for spitting other things out of other columns, uh, phallic columns. But anyway, not that bit, hopefully. So what I want to do, I talked a while ago about the Royal Canal Greenway, which is basically, remember, the Waterways Ireland have opened up the Royal Canal and the Grand Canal and used the old towpaths as walkways. So you can now get from Dublin... Walkways? Yeah, or cycleways. Cycle tracks are walkways. Yeah, either. So um, you can now walk from Dublin, well, the whole way to the Shannon, but the whole way to Longford, basically, um, 145 kilometres along this perfect mercurial strip of of, of silky waterside uh, sort of haven. While avoiding the cyclists whizzing by. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's wide enough that, uh, you know, and unfortunately, this isn't being used enough. This, most stretches of this route aren't being used enough by walkers or cyclists yet because people are only still finding out about it. In fact, some of the last stretches from Mullingar um, to Longford are, have only been open, you know, m- less than a year. Right, okay. so, so these are all developing. So but, this is, I mean, we, we, we've gone a long way around. So now this is your suggestion for today. We're going to talk about cycleways in, in uh, Westmead. I'm going to talk about a whole new realm of tourist opportunities that, even a year ago or a year and a quarter ago when I looked at Westmead Westmead weren't available and they are now so the Royal Canal was so that was opened about two three years ago this is the the canal which was built in 1790 started in 1790 closed then in 1960 you know eventually like four years ago the whole thing was was filled in Uh, it just looked like fields there were cows grazing where the canal once was that has all been dredged out the water is running and there's some places like Coolahay which I did mention it's an old lock house okay that three generations of the same family were built could have been five generations or three generations at least in the same family in Coolnahay the, the granddad was the lock keeper okay the dad oversaw the filling in of the of the canal and he broke his heart the, his daughter now is running a coffee shop and in the original lock house where she was born you know two room tiny little little Georgian house um, so there's um, there's Where's always Coolnahay Coolnahay it's between um, it's between Mullingar and Longford so it's just a sleepy little haven a little harbour on the canal that was that was forgotten about and still not enough tourists are coming to use it now is that our scale Coolnahay does uh, it mean something? Cool uh, Nohay, yeah, but I don't I can't remember what oh, exactly. Right, okay. So the back of Nohay, I don't know which. which. Oh, right, okay. So, but what's exciting now is the new way, this new thing, which is called the old rail trail between Mullingar and Athlone. So it's a spur off when you're on that track on the on the the Grand Canal on the Royal Canal walkway. There's a spur off on this railway, and yeah, so it's a greenway. And you know, when we think of greenways, we think of the Great Mayo Greenway. Clearly, the landscape isn't as spectacular. You're not having big Atlantic coasts, but there's something really zen and really calming to be on this absolute straight smooth length of like catwalk type asphalt running through the countryside and although it's it, although it's the centre of the Midlands it's not boggy you know it's actually really good verdant right, okay, okay, okay. and the good thing is are you in the middle are there no tourist uh, infrastructures they're in fact phenomenal ones well now hold on this is why I'm going to stop you if you don't mind oh please do yeah. I've literally no interest in walking on this wonderful asphalt that you're talking about I've even less interest in cycling no, on no, it no, right? the opposite no you've left yeah. okay. but but yes. but 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 there are I ready to admit other people who want to walk and cycle there's a crucial thing though yes they must be going to see something Mm -hmm. or do something yes that makes sense I agree with you and what are they going to do I'll admit first and I'll admit for you here it might be a bit dull as a walking trail because it is just a very flat rhythm. It's it's just it's ideal for cycling because there's no hills and you are never going to encounter uh, traffic. But every like ten kilometres, there's an interesting stop off. So either um, you're going to stop off at Moat or Streamstown, but Castletown Gagan particularly. A few years ago, there was a, a family there set up. Um, what is the thing we're always talking about? This um, elite camping, glamping. It's called Mount Druid boutique camping, and they brought over twenty traditional yurts from Mongolia. They brought a load of shepherds' huts. Which are what are com- yurts? Yurts, the old the Mongolian nomadic people used to sleep in these tents. They're warm oh, right. tents, okay. felt like okay. tents, and you have a, a little wooden, a little wood burning stove in the center of them. And there's also there's a family still in Mullingar making the old shepherd huts, which look like the round top barrel uh, carriages that the travellers used to go around in. All right. And they're these like simple little um, huts on trailers. So they have some of these scattered across their estate. 100 acres, 200,000 broadleaf trees. It's right on the shores of, um, of, 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 of was it Loch Ennell or Loch Ull? Loch Ennell, I think. Um, 
And uh, so they have this little summer house. They have the, an old loft has been converted into a communal space. So in case it is raining and you're in the yurt, you can come in, you can light a fire. There's a sauna. There's a, there's um, a sort of reading room and meditation rooms all in the air, all sort of on the land. And then it's only a short walkway from the pubs of Castletown Gagan, which is like a quiet village that had been bypassed by time. But I've never heard of Castletown Gagan. Ah, well, you see, no one would have gone there unless... Until... Exactly, because, I mean, I drove, like going over as con- former Connor coach or involved in the Galway races, I'd be driving down Mullingara at Lone, Longford. Uh-huh. I, mean, I sold there? an accounting machine, I think, or uh, to to uh, in in the 1960s to a code called Providers of Longford. I wonder if they're still there. Mullingar Builders Providers, no? No, Obviously. Providers of Longford. Okay. Oh, right, I don't know. Anyway, the other thing that's entirely new is Tyrrell's Pass. Again, another... Oh, there speech. used to be a great hotel there. It still is. Uh-huh. Great restaurant. In Tyrrell's Pass? Are you not talking about Glasson, no? Glasson had the great... Anyway, well, Tyrrell's Pass had was a really quiet town, beautifully Georgian, laid out town by the estate yeah. owners. And what's happened is the few local people in the area, realised their town was dying. Tyrrell's Pass had been bypassed entirely. Yeah. And it was one main man, Eugene Dunbar, decided, let's get the community together. And what they're doing, when they're trying to save a community, it requires an awful lot of time, an awful lot of meetings, and no profit initially, okay? So what they decided, they set up a group called Ethos, Everything Tyrrell's Pass Has On Show, and just decided they were going to big up their town. So they started, they have an old... Um, just basically in a hall, an old, old disused hall that was beside the grocery shop. The grocery shop that was in danger of closing down because everyone was going either to Atlone or Mullingar for their shopping. And they started inviting traditional folk musicians in to play there. So the likes of Steve Cooney or Matt Cranich would come and they'd be guaranteed a most amazing like welcome first because Cheryl's Pass were so were so appreciative of people coming. And then people around both Westmead, Roscommon, started coming to these areas because because of the infant, the sort of the intimate fa- uh, sort of family vibe. Now, that's exactly the sort of thing Germans and Americans, when they want to come to these areas, want. They want to feel that they are getting to see, getting to enjoy something with the local community. This isn't just something put on for tourists, but it's the very best of traditional, of folk music. Um, and traditional music. And they're also getting to getting out into their local area. So this is an area that wasn't developed, you know. It was either owned by rich, rich landowners or like or just small-scale farmers. So the land is preserved. And right running through it is an esker. And Ontario's Pass is Split Hill Esker, a forest running uh, like an untouched bluebell-rich forest. And they've started, the local community have started running regular tours. Now, it's small-scale stuff. You're not going to see, you know, any great elephant or something, but they'll just show you the wonders of the area. All the, the like the, the caroline thistles and the primroses and the early orchids that are there and all these different butterflies that grow. So it's that sort of... Uh, low-key traditional heritage-based tourism that we didn't have. It was, you know, before this, it was all filed to Ireland. The Hotel Federation putting on a sort of cookie-cutter type type um, type tourism. As I always say, these tiny, frail little tourist ventures will not continue unless we support them. The other one that's happening is the Hill of Ishnach. Now, the Hill of Ishnach like the Hill of Tara is the one you think of for, you know, for central places or for Newgrange. The Hill of Ishnach was the core, it's the middle, it's the navel of Ireland. It was the most sacred part of Ireland, ignored by the Catholic Church. For 800 years, they've done their best to make us forget about this place. So this... Yeah, it was a pagan, right? Yeah, it's where you lit the first fire. The first fire was lit and then around all the, all the, st- all the, the hills the whole way to the Boyne, the whole way to, to, to the west were lit from the central area. And then a few years ago, they started bringing back the Festival of the Fires, the, the Bealtaine of Fires, Bealtaine, you know, which May means the, the festival where you lit a fire to ignite the soil to bring in a good harvest. And they started bringing this back on the Hill of Ishnach. Um, and again, 
it's hard to gain access to these areas. Like, it looks just like a hill. You don't understand the place. You need to have it interpreted. So there's two local sort of uh, people have, ma- have sort of made it their mission to start. Um, every Saturday, you can turn up at lunchtime and there'll be someone get to give you a tour. It's free. You're well. You're willing now, to. Now, where are you turning up to? Turles Pass? You no, know, to Hill of Ishnach, which is exactly on the road between the old road between Mullingar and Athlone. All right. So I, um, the old road I know very well. I remember yeah, yeah. Well, then well. you'll see it on your sign on the right. Before, until this, like about six years ago, the farm owner, the farmland owner, didn't allow people on it, so you couldn't get access. So it's only recent years they've just got money from. You know, this is all on Ireland's ancient east. And do you remember a few years ago, I was a bit cynical of the Wild Atlantic Way. Yeah. And then I was proved wrong. Like it was amazing. And so I, I, I'm reserving my judgment on Ireland's ancient east. If it brings people to these forgotten parts of Ireland, I shall end up celebrating it. But so they got. Some money from Ireland's ancient east to build a little sort of a cottage, a minimal interpretive centre. And it'll all be about these two people, Marty Mulligan, who's a famous man in Mullingar. He's basically a, uh, a spoken word poet. You'll see him every year at Electric Picnic. Him and uh, Justin Moffat, who was the manager of the Blizzards, ru- ru- uh, lead tours every Saturday unpaid. This is for passion for the area. Like if they get a donation, they're happy, but they just want to s- for people to see the potential. This could be our Grand Canyon. It could be our Uluru, our heirs rock. Like this was the centre point. And when they bring native tribes people from other parts of the world, they're immediately aware that this is the PowerPoint of Ireland. Yeah, they get it. They get it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So another thing that started up in Mullingar since I talk since I, I was talking about it last time is a, a place called Clonard House. During the height of the boom, these seven sisters decided to buy a big old mansion, okay? And they decide how are they going to make it a tourist via you know, how are they going to make it viable in terms of tourism? So they've started this thing called Victorian Escapades, okay? And it's sort of focused on either. And big, who 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 bought this? This these seven sisters, just as local. Seven people. sisters. Yeah, according to their PR, it sounds too much, Stephen Bell. <laughs> I decided, am I going to ring up and check this factually? But I love the idea so much, I didn't want to go into too detail. No, don't spoil it. So they were seven, seven sisters, sisters, and they were obsessed by Downturn Abbey and the whole period dramas. Downturn Abbey. Downturn Abbey. <laughs> Downturn Abbey <laughs> and the period dramas. And they decided, wonder, could they put on a tourism offering based on this concept? So this the big is brilliant. Old, the big old grand house, you arrive there uh, in, as an, in either a hen party or all your cousins for a family gathering, and you dress up first like a servant, you know, as um, in the sort of Victorian era. The whole idea is to give you a sense of both downstairs busyness and then the upstairs grandeur. So, first of all, you come in now and you're in the servants' quarters. Yeah, you're, you? well, you arrive in your civvies. You're t- these are all taken from you. You're, put, you're, you're dressed up in servants' gears, uh, servants' gear, and you're basically made to do household chores. You're prepared. You have to chamber <laughs> pay, pot, a pot race, or you set the table, or you light the fire under the watchful eye of the butler, who will make sure everything is spick and span. And once all this is done, then you dress in your finest grandeur, all of which they provide for you, and you have like an amazing either afternoon tea or an amazing dinner and you just basically get to live both sides of that divide and what's interesting about that is you know the way when you go and see a National Trust building or you go and see Castletown House you see that elite life but in fact most of us are connected we had no you know we had no link with that in our past but a lot of us had a link to the the scullery maids a lot of our you know our ancestors were working in those big estates so this is a way of actually getting to see some of the grim you know but but, uh, I mean one of the things you talk about when Mm -hmm. you're doing this you know you say this won't continue unless we support it this is a fabulous idea Mm -hmm. and deserves to be hugely successful. Exactly. Yeah. Doesn't it? It really does. Now, yeah. call, where is it? So, so it's in Mullingar and it's called Clonard House. And in fact, the big people, the the, the best uh, group who were immediately sort of highlighting it was um, 
the the does that does the hotel out on Loch Ennell, just outside Mullingar, um, Bloomfield Hotel, and it was the original sort of the hotel for weddings and things. It's now outside the town, but they decided to team up and give support to to Victor, to the Victorian to, escapade. To the seven sisters, exactly. So people who are staying in Bloomfield Hotel get bussed to this experience if they want. And now a lot of the other hotels, um, including that hotel where you the Gravel Arms, where you where you. Um, you you pop that beautiful question to your wife. Uh, they're also involved in setting it up. So as long as those hotels push it, and what's lovely is only in the last year have CIE tours decided to ever deign to just stop into the Midlands. Like you know, CIE tours were all based on the West Coast and Dublin yeah, and Wicklow. Yeah, of course. And because these tourist offerings are being put on show, it's bringing them the big American coach tours. And so if they if they come. Um, you know, it's never going to be it's never going to be over touristified. You know, the Midlands are always going to be precious, but that's what's great about it. If there's a lot of people, no, but uh, but I mean, if you, if, I mean, I if you met mm-hmm. uh, an American like and uh, well, I, I met Americans this week who mm-hmm. were over to UCD because their daughter's going to do a masters, you mm-hmm. know, and I told them a couple of places to go in Dublin, right? But imagine if they were actually going around Ireland and you. You actually send them to somewhere like Clanlord House, they'd be blown away. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's 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 exactly what we want. Instead of which, we're no disrespect, mm-hmm. but we're we're much more likely to be bringing them to the the place down in County Limerick where you drink mead and play their harps. This time yeah. I remember. I couldn't remember two weeks ago when you when name checked it exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Not, uh, one, no, one good thing about Ben Rot- Bunratty. Do you know the women in Bunratty Park? One of the stalls when you're seeing the old folk village. There's a yeah. woman there making apple tart all day long. Okay, yeah. But she's just a local woman. She used to make it for her children and then for her grandchildren. And in retirement, she sits there and makes a knoll cottage on, and she puts it on the on the fire. But from nine o'clock in the morning, okay, till five o'clock, she's making apple tart after apple tart, and another friend of hers making soda bread. What happens to all those apple tarts and all the soda breads? They get brought to the gala that night. So at least the bread and the cake is as authentic as you can be. Uh, like the, some of the mead and the and the, and the 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 harp playing might be a bit too much. I drank a lot of mead the only time I went there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your fault. That's anyway. So other things. Um, Kilbegan Distillery Experience. Oh yeah, now, that's been around a long. Well, that's time. it. Yeah. So it's it's undersold a bit, and you know because they no longer you know make whiskey there because there was a stop. So it was established in 1757. Okay, the old the oldest licensed distillery in the world making this triple distilled malt whiskey, and it was produced there for 200 years, 1757. You know, till till the mid mid 20th century. Yes, there was a stop in in production, so you can say that they're not still making it, but what they are doing. Is the um, for some of the whiskies for for Tirconnell single malt and Connemara peated single malt? The whiskies basically they were made up in Cooley first. They're using the old uh, bonded warehouses and they've recreated the area to actually to give the most genuine sense of nineteenth and twentieth century distilling. So they they've recreated the old wooden mill, the old river mill. Um, there's the old steam engines that were powering the thing are still being there. So you're actually getting. It's a more visceral sense of what whiskey making was about than if you're going to see the big stainless steel modern. But but the, the Scots always had a better appreciation of whiskey. I always thought That's and right. the history of it and yeah. all that. So we we didn't really. But we're you slowly know? Go, We're slowly growing there. And even just to go there and to go, peer down into these twenty eight feet deep solid oak vats. Can, you get a you get a sense of exactly how complex okay. it is, and there's always there's a tasting uh, included for about twenty five yeah. euros. You get the taste for all the right. Rest. Well, look, we're going to have to go. Oh. I, uh, this is amazing stuff. But mm-hmm. before you go, yeah. I think had I been born in another era, mm-hmm. I would have built a folly 
like one of your patterns. Well, what about the fellow who built the folly? Yeah, what about him? Your house. I, I think I could be like him I had to be born around them. What did he do? So this, I mean, it's a tragic story in a way. Belvedere House was the first Westmead tourist, uh, you know, centre that set up about 15 years ago and it's doing very well in terms of tourism. But what's amazing is just, as you say, the story's connected to it. So this, this it's a sh- it's called the Jealous Wall. It's a sham ruin made to look like an old ruin. But the story behind it was by Robert Rochford who owned uh, Belvedere House. He locked his wife, Mary, up there for 31 years because she had an affair with his brother, with Arthur, um, Arthur Rochford. And the thing is, so they say that Miss Havisham, that Dickens heard about this and he based the whole story of Great Expectations on it because she was this beautiful woman with long blonde hair. He finds that she's gone off, that Arthur, his brother, has wooed her. Nothing to do with poor her. And he loved Mary. And he locks her up here for 31 years. And then, so that he never needs to see his brother's beautiful big mansion again and it would sicken him with jealousy, he builds this <laughs> jealous wall. But then his cousin owned the other house, known to owned uh, his brother or his uh, his father-in-law. I always forget the, the, the anyway. of the Rochfords. Yeah, I know it was George Rochford owned Goldstown House uh, near Belvedere, which was where Jonathan Swift used to come down holidays to. And he's there on the he's in Goldstown House, looking across Loch Ennell, and he sees these little people on the far side of the lake, and he sees they, he thinks they're tiny, and he says, "I wonder is that the land of the little people." And so when he writes his book in, in 1726, the Lilliputlians, the, Lilli, the Lilliputians of Lilliput, he based them on these people who lived there because the old name for this, this area was called Luputia, named after St. Patrick's sister. So in 1726... St. Patrick's sister? Yeah. Where'd you find St. Patrick's sister? Her Where'd name she was Lu- come from? <laughs> she was Lupitia in, in one of the many sagas and myths that one doesn't need to necessarily believe. So anyway... They decide in 1726 they're going to brand sister. themselves on Wait, the book. St. Patrick's sister. Where yeah. do you get this Lupisha, stuff Lupicia, yeah. So they, 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 the area was called after Lupicia. I could go into a load of St. Patrick's stories if you want. but you, you We know, do that you, next. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We better wrap. This is getting in dangerous no. territory. It's Westmead. Montgomery McGann is your man. And he's here, of course, every Tuesday with Tuesday Travel. Montgomery, thanks so much. Thank you so much, George.